It's Tuesday, April 16th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. On March 15th of this year in Birmingham, Alabama, we were able to host an event uh, in conjunction with an organization called ARC Stories. And what we were able to do is have a storytelling event where some of our staff and families and our great volunteers were able to talk about their experience of manifesting the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. Christy Beasy was one of our storytellers. Christy is married to Jonathan, and they live in Birmingham, Alabama. She's a part-time nurse and a full-time mom. Christy and Jonathan have two kids, one through adoption from Columbia named Jude, who they brought home last March in 2018. And this past December of 2018, they hosted a teenage boy from Columbia named Andres. So listen to Christy's story about their experience of hosting Andres and what the Lord taught their family through this experience. What were we thinking? That's the question that I asked my reflection in the bathroom mirror as I tried not to enter full-blown panic mode. I was eight months pregnant. Our son, our two-year-old son, had only been home from Columbia for nine months. Our first Christmas as parents and a family of three was just three weeks away. And in four days, we were supposed to travel to Atlanta to pick up a 13-year-old Colombian boy who would live with us for two weeks. And he spoke only Spanish. Want to know how much Spanish I speak? Hola, yo quiero Taco Bell. (laughs) I actually can't stand Taco Bell, but I don't know how to say that. So, in fact, when we were in Colombia last March adopting our son, Jude, I tried to ask our Uber driver the name of the singer we were listening to on the radio, and instead, I told the man that I loved him passionately. So... (laughs) This was going to be an interesting two weeks. Let me back up a couple of months and explain how we got to this moment. Over the summer, I was listening to Lifeline's podcast, The Defender, and this particular episode was talking about ways to involve your children in orphan care, and Herbie mentioned the hosting program, which is specifically designed to advocate for the adoption of older children, children with special needs, and sibling groups, which are the three most difficult groups to find families for. And I learned that there would be a two-week hosting opportunity in December and was really excited to share that with my husband, Jonathan. And we were very interested, but we had some reservations as well. And so we decided to seek counsel from a trusted friend. And that friend reminded us that it's only two weeks. So even if it turned out to be a complete disaster, like the worst two weeks of our lives, it was still just two weeks. But that two weeks could, Lord willing, change the trajectory of one child's life forever. Talk about a mic drop. So back to the day that I stood second-guessing myself in front of the bathroom mirror, we were scheduled that day to meet our host child, Andres, over Skype, and I was just so nervous for that phone call. But as we started talking with him through his translator, it was obvious that he was way more nervous than I was. And so we did our best to try to break the ice, but it wasn't until Jude's big bright eyes popped up on the screen and he said, Hola, Andres, in his squeaky little toddler voice that Andres 
finally relaxed a little bit. So we gave him a video tour of our home and started sharing with him a few of the things that we were planning on doing with him while he was here, like decorating our Christmas tree, baking Christmas cookies, and visiting the McGuane Science Center. And then I asked him if there was anything that he was really hoping to do while he was here. And I guess I was expecting him to say something American teenage boyish, like go to a basketball game, but I was not expecting this. I'm just really excited to spend a lot of time with a family. Does your family like to spend time together? Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just blatantly confronted with your selfishness? That was one of those moments for me. As if he were sitting right next to me, I heard God remind me, this is not about you. This is not about your family's convenience, and it's not about your comfort. And oddly enough, after that moment, all of my anxiety was replaced with this deep desire to love Andres fiercely while he was in our home and to do everything in my power to advocate for his adoption. So December 7th came and we drove to Atlanta to pick him up and it did not take long for the adventures to begin. The first thing we did was introduce him to Chick-fil-A, obviously. And Jude had fallen asleep in the car, and so I went into the restaurant for bathroom breaks and lunch ordering with Andres. And fun fact about Andres, he is Afro-Colombian, which means that his resemblance is that of an African-American as opposed to Latino like my son Jude. So here you have eight-month pregnant white lady standing in line with seemingly African-American teenage boy communicating solely through Google Translate. Side note about Google Translate, it's amazing, and I truthfully don't know how we would have survived without it. But at the same time, there's just a level of connection that's lost when you're, you know, just literally lost in translation when you're solely communicating through technology. So we just found ourselves regularly saying how much we wish we spoke Spanish. So back to the Chick-fil-A line, the guy in line behind us says something to Andres, and so when I turned around and said, I'm sorry, sir, he's visiting from Colombia and he only speaks Spanish, he just looked at me like I was crazy because Andres just doesn't look like what most people would expect a Colombian to look like. So meanwhile, the lady in front of us, who happens to be African-American, turns around to me and with no other introduction or context says... Shea butter and vitamin E oil. So I said, thanks. You know, we actually bought some ethnic shampoo for his hair and had a friend recommend shea butter for his skin, but I've never heard of using vitamin E oil. Is that, is that for his skin or his hair? And she said, honey, I was talking about for your stomach so you don't get stretch marks. You know, you know how you have your regular voice and then you have your nervous voice? The one that's like two octaves higher than normal and unbelievably awkward? Let's just say that in a strange turn of events, I was really glad that Andres could not understand a word of what was going on in that moment. And we finally made it home from Atlanta and we had a hot meal waiting on us. In fact, we had a hot meal delivered to us 12 out of 14 days that Andres was staying with us from our family and friends, and we were just 
so encouraged by the way that really our entire community just stepped in and served us and loved Andres while he was here. We had one couple that gifted us some money to buy Andres some Christmas presents, and he was actually able to also buy everyone in his foster family a Christmas gift, and he was so excited about that. And both mine and Jonathan's moms became Andres' personal wardrobe shoppers. In fact, we uh, did not even have enough room to fit all of his new clothes into his suitcase going home. So we did what I'm sure most people here have done at some point in their traveling lives and thought, oh, let's put it in the carry-on bag. That's a smart way to travel. So, you know, we're doing the, here, you sit on the bat, you sit on it, and I'll zip it up. And, okay, just don't open it again. It's perfect. Uh, and then poor guy, when he got to the airport and we put that backpack on him, he's like, adios. <laughs> um, I'm sure he was fine. Uh, we also had some friends lend us some teenage boy toys like a skateboard and a ripstick, some board games, and even some Nerf guns. And one of my favorite memories with Andres involves the Nerf guns. One night, he and Jonathan set up a bunch of Jude's mega blocks on the back of the couch and had some target practice, which, of course, turned into a full-scale Nerf gun war that even I got involved in. And it ended with Jonathan and Andres having a wrestling and tickling match on the couch. And I will never forget just finally hearing his unbridled laughter. It's just one of those laughs that just, uh, just fills the whole room with joy. And we learned a lot about Andres' personality while he was staying with us. He is very shy, very slow to warm up, and uncommonly conscientious for a teenage boy. His second day here, he was sitting on our couch playing a game on my phone, and I sat down to fold some laundry, and I really wasn't even expecting him to look up from the phone, because I, I know all too well how attention-grabbing a phone can be. But instead, he put the phone down, he looked at me, and in the cutest little Colombian accent, he said, you help? as he scooted over to help me fold clothes. He would jump out of the car to help me unbuckle Jude from his car seat or open the door for me, and he absolutely adored Jonathan. He would just light up whenever he was in the room, and when he was gone, he always wanted to know when he would be home. We had prepared our guest bedroom for him to, to sleep in, and when he got here, he asked us if he could sleep on our floor because he had never slept in a room by himself before. He shares a room with his two foster brothers, and he said that he was scared to sleep alone. So we pulled out our blow-up mattress and had a third roommate for two weeks. And um, Andres is also incredibly creative. He is a gifted drawer. He carried a sketchbook around with him while he was here, and he also was working on writing a song about his life. Uh, while he was here, and um, one of my prayers is that he would be able to pursue his love for, for music that we discovered, that he'd be able to pursue that in his forever family. We visited my parents' home a couple of times while he was here, and one of the things that he loved to do was just sit at the piano and make his own music. And um, one time when we were at my parents' house, my dad, who Jude calls Pops, was playing with Jude, and he was just throwing him high up into the air and catching him, and Jude, in between his breathless laughter, was saying, again, again, and Andres was just sitting on the couch, just transfixed, just watching them play, and I had one of those big perspective-shifting moments. 
Standing before me were these two Colombian boys with strikingly similar backgrounds. My precious son, although he spent the first 14 months of his life fatherless in an institution, will never remember a day that he was not loved and cherished, not just by his mom and dad, but by a large extended family as well. And then there's Andres, who has gone far, far longer without being cherished by a mom, dad, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents. The details of his story, they're not mine to share, but suffice to say that it is truly a miracle that he's not trapped by bitterness and cynicism towards the idea of family. There was a hunger in his eyes as he watched Jude with his pops, a deep desire to be known and loved. Andres desires to be a part of a family, but he also told his psychologist that he would be okay with just living in his foster home until he turned 18 and then just being on his own. As she pressed a little deeper, she realized that this was because he doesn't really know what it truly means to be a part of a family. He doesn't know, he doesn't have a category for unconditional love and belonging forever because he's never experienced it. There's part of himself that feels he would be just fine on his own, but he just doesn't know what he's missing. When I was asked to share a story, one of the, the tips that I received was to make sure you know the ending of your story, which seems like pretty solid advice. But this story doesn't actually have an ending, or at least I pray that it doesn't. We spent two wonderful, not disastrous, not the worst two weeks of our lives, but two wonderful, life-changing weeks with Andres. And then we drove him back to the airport and waved a tearful goodbye as he headed back to his foster home in Columbia. As it stands, that's the end of the story. But I'm confident that God's not finished writing it yet. When we say prayers with Jude each night, we pray for Andres, that he would come to know God as his father and his savior, and that God would provide him with an earthly mommy and daddy, a forever family. I'm not trying to create an emotional response here, but let's be real. You're here tonight for a reason. You either feel called to care for the vulnerable with your time or resources, or you felt the Lord tugging on your heart to take the next steps and learning more about the adoption process. Either way, you have an opportunity to be a part of Andres' story. And Andres' story is really all of our story, at least those who have trusted in Christ. We were all living life, maybe feeling like we were just fine on our own, or maybe desperately aching to belong, when God stepped in and offered us something we can never earn a place in his family as a son or daughter, adopted and unconditionally loved. Thank you. So we can't well, please take an opportunity to go buy your uh, 
podcast listening app, be that Stitcher or Google or iTunes, and give us a rating. Those ratings help other people be able to find our podcast so that our podcast can grow and, and be able to reach a broader audience and more people who need to understand how to be encouraged as they are defending the fatherless and also to be equipped as they defend the fatherless. So please also always email us at info at lifelinechild.org if you have any comments or ways that we can make this podcast better. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.